Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. Forgiveness. That's the word for today. And uh, in particular, we want to focus in on how to say, I forgive you. It's tough. So let me ask this question. How many of you, how many of you would say that at some point in your life, maybe it's present, maybe it was in the past, but at some point in your life you've been hurt? Would you slip up your hand? So I don't know why everybody's hand is not up right now, right? Because we've all been hurt at some point in time in our lives. Now, now sometimes it's just a misunderstanding, it's a miscommunication. And maybe, maybe you were bold enough and brave enough to go to that person, maybe to look at them and to say, hey, and they, were, they looked at you and said, that's not what I meant. That, or, or maybe they said, that's not what I said. Maybe, maybe you looked at them and said, but that's it's what I heard. But it was just a miscommunication. It was just a misunderstanding. Sometimes it's pure stupidity. For example, for example, many years ago, I remember uh, when I was at the hospital Making a visit, there was an elderly man, and his wife was, was, was really sick. And so she was in the hospital, and I went to make that visit. And, and no kidding, I, I don't know what I did to this old man. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some nice term. Anyway, literally, no kidding, here's what he did. He thought I was the Pillsbury Doughboy, I guess. He took his finger and stuck it in my belly. And he said, you're fat. And then he said, and then he said, but you have that, that hard fat. I don't even know what that means. Fat in the right, I don't know what that means. I mean, I have no earthly idea what that means. And then why would you possibly say that to another human being? Why would you say such a stupid thing? Sometimes it's just a misunderstanding. Sometimes it's pure stupidity. And let's be honest, sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes people deliberately set out to hurt you. They knew when they spoke those words that those words would land harshly. That's why they said it. What makes it more difficult is when those people continue to speak those kinds of words intentionally over and over and over, sometimes it's a misunderstanding, some, sometimes it's pure stupidity, and sometimes it's intentional. And for some of us this morning, let's just be honest, it's fresh. Because it was very recent. Somebody lied to you. They took advantage of you. And just hearing the word, honestly, just hearing the word forgiveness, stirs up all kinds of of emotions. And maybe if you're raised in church, you're not even comfortable with those emotions. Maybe if you were raised with a good dose of religion, you're not comfortable with those emotions. But it's what you feel. 
For others of you, you were wounded in the past, and somehow you've managed to kind of bury it at the bottom of your heart. To play like maybe it doesn't exist. And let's be honest, you engage in fairly normal relationships for you. Until something sets you off. And here's the thing, you never know what the something is. You don't know if it was a look on somebody's face, it was literally a word that they spoke, if it was a sentence, if it was in the context of something else. You really don't know, but all you know is that something sets you off. And when the firestorm is over, you literally wonder, maybe even say out loud, where in the world, where did that come from? There are a couple things that tend to set me off. There are a couple triggers for me. I've learned that over the years about me. One is manipulation. I hate manipulation. I mean, literally, I'm not kidding you. I hate manipulation. If you want something from me, just ask. You might not get it, but you're better off to ask than to try to manipulate me to get it. I hate manipulation. Second thing that I really, really hate, it's a trigger for me. It sets me off is whining. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I have literally said, you want some cheese to go with that wine? I mean, you know, y'all with me? Some of y'all don't even know what that means, but it's okay. My children, my children will tell you one of the things in our house that we didn't tolerate was whining. And I figured out this week, it came to me, that the reason that I hate whining is because I think whining is manipulation. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Are you ever around certain people that continue to whine about the same thing all the time? Maybe it's they're always whining they don't have enough money. And really, you know what they want. They're wanting you to bail them out. Whip out the old wallet. And maybe you're standing there thinking, I wouldn't give you air if you was in a jug. <laughs> Here's what else I've learned. I've learned that all of that actually goes back to my childhood. I've done some digging. I've done some studying. I've been in a couple 12 steps. Probably need a third or a fourth. Who are we kidding? I probably need to continue to do one. Never stop. Just one ends, I go into another. Because it's about growth. And even though I'm growing, I'm not there yet. I still struggle with manipulation and whining. I just do. So what does the Bible have to say about whining? No, I'm just kidding. What does it say I'm supposed to do with these past hurts? With this junk that I still have? Maybe if it's even buried in somewhere deep in the bottom of my heart. Well, Ephesians 4 says this. Be kind, compassionate with one another. That's not bad, right? Y'all with me? I miss the church Sunday morning. Come on, what do you expect? Be kind and compassionate to one another. It's these next words that maybe will haunt you just a little bit. Forgiving each other. Forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. How about this verse? I want to make sure I brought on as much guilt and shame as I could this morning. <laughs> it was a little funny. Some of y'all weren't laughing. Mark eleven twenty five. This verse can haunt you. It really can. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything, you know what the word any 
anything. You know what that means in the Greek? It means anything. If you hold anything against anyone, you know what anyone means in the Greek? It literally means anyone. And I'm thinking, come on, God, can we not leave a little bit of wiggle room in there? He said, no, I know you. That little bit of wiggle room will turn into a gaping hole. So he said, if you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. So that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. Wow, that's heavy. And can I just say that anytime we talk about forgiveness, there's always, always somebody that will come up and say, but you don't, you don't know what I've been through. <clears throat> you don't know what they did to me. If you knew, if you had any idea so my temptation is always to try to one-up them. Y'all with me? Y'all know people like that? And so you, they'll say one thing, and you say, well, you think that's something. And then they look at you with their eyes big, and then they come back with something else. And so it's like we try to one-up each other to make an excuse for our unforgiveness, like we're legitimized somehow. Truth is, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know your pain. You may have been taken advantage of, betrayed, cheated on, abandoned. It's always been my issue, abandonment. Maybe you're angry at God. That's tough to admit, being angry at God. I've been angry at God. <laughs> I remember being in a cemetery one time, no kidding. Karen and I were in seminary. We lived in a little trailer right beside a cemetery, and I was so angry at God, and I was saying stuff that y'all not say to God, period. Y'all not say to anybody, period. I remember I was picking up rocks and throwing them at these tombstones, and then it occurred to me, I'm in the cemetery. Boy, what am I doing? I was angry at God. Maybe you're angry at yourself. Maybe you are where you are because of really some bad decisions you made. So maybe you're angry yourself. And you know what? You struggle just to be able to forgive yourself. So the point is we've all had some hurt and some pain in our past or maybe even in our present. Maybe you're going through that right now, and we need to learn how to forgive. So I think we have to answer the question, why? why really, what's the big deal? Why is it so important that I learn how to forgive? Let me give you a couple of reasons. The first one is this. It's because unforgiveness hurts me. And honestly, in the beginning, as I'm preparing for this message, that was enough. And I thought, that's not enough. It's not just because it hurts me, because it also hurts the people that I love. That's a bigger reason for me. It hurts the people that I love. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. I love this. Honestly, this verse just opens up and shows you the beauty of community. And I mean real community. When you're doing life with people at such a level that people can speak into your life, even if they're speaking very uncomfortable truth. Here's what it says. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Have mercy. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble who? Wow. It'll trouble you. 
literally. Bitterness will poison you. A lady by the name of Anne Lamont, she said this many, many years ago, and I love the saying. It says, she said this, unforgiveness is like drinking rat poison, hoping that it kills the other person. Y'all with me? It destroys you. It destroys you. It destroys your relationships. It destroys your outlook on life. It literally, bitterness and anger and negativity, it's like that poisonous root until you learn how to let it go, it will destroy you. And that's bad, but that's not the end of this verse. It says, and corrupt many. See, it'll set you off and, you'll ooze, and it'll ooze out of you and it'll spill on It'll spill into the people that you love the most. Honestly, there are other people that you could care less about. You're really good to those people. It's that you go home and your family catches the nastiness that comes out on the inside. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're hurting the people that you love the most in this world. But here's the thing. You can't, you can't seem to stop. And honestly, you're probably thinking right now, yeah, really? And I decided to go to church today, and this is the subject matter? And it's because God loves you so much. He's so crazy about you that he knows you need to address something that's literally eating away at you and the people that you love. And if that's not bad enough, if you're a parent, if you're a parent, you very well could be passing this poison onto your kids. It's amazing to me. It's always amazed me how bitterness and negativity can spread through a family. How you got parents that are negative who spread that negativity to their children, and then they spread it to their children, and it just seems to perpetuate itself. It seems to be handed down from one generation to another, and you may hate it, but you, you, you can't. You can't seem to stop it. And if you don't believe me, look at the state of our country. No kidding, really, look at it. It's like we're just one big family of negativity and bitterness and anger. And it's like it's just growing. It's like it's spreading like wildfire, spreading like a cancer, and it's literally destroying us. But here's the thing that I've learned. I've learned that it's actually possible to live with this poisonous root of bitterness and not even be aware that it's there. You know why? Because you've learned to function with a grudge. So we're like functioning alcoholics. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The person that drinks every day but still gets up every morning, goes to work, still, is, still has a marriage, they're not divorced yet, they still have somewhat of a relationship with their children, and to see, the same, very same thing can happen with this poisonous root of, of bitterness. You can be fairly normal. Still get up, go to work every day. Now, the people that you work with may not tell you, but when you walk into a room, literally, they, they feel like somebody just cut the light out. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? You bring doom and gloom with you everywhere you go. And like, when you're sick, everybody works going, They're looking for a break. They're looking for some relief.
And without knowing it, it's just become a part of your, your DNA. It's become a part of your family's DNA. So how do you know? That's kind of heavy, right? You're thinking, I don't think I'd. I don't think I have it. I, am I? I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Well, let me help you. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 13. It's the love chapter. And here's what he said, verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Everybody went, oh, that's sweet. Think you're at a wedding right now, right? We should have a happy couple come out. This is what you read every wedding, it seems. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. But here's the kicker. Love I mean, real, genuine, authentic, over-the-top, God-like love keeps no record of being wronged. You ever been in a, in a, in a heated conversation with somebody? Okay, you're just in an outright, outright fight. Let's just call it what it is, right? You know it's a fight. They know it's a fight. You call it a discussion. It's a fight. You know it's a fight. Have you ever been in that kind of a situation and and that person go back 20 years? 20 years to something you did 20 years ago, they can bring it up like it was yesterday and remember every detail of the moment that you've totally forgotten about until they bring it up again to remind you. I'm just saying that if you have a 20-year-old hurt that you can remember every detail, you might have a problem with bitterness and anger, and negativity, and unforgiveness. Bitterness is literally like a poison that eats away at us from the inside out. And it's bad enough, it's bad enough that it poisons us, but it also corrupts many. And another reason I should learn to forgive, this is really easy, it's really simple. It's what I hang my hat on. Because chances are really, really good. I'm going to need forgiveness in the future. Now, like for you really perfect people, y'all can like sleep on this point. For those of you that realize that you're not perfect and that you struggle, I mean you have some very real struggles, you're willing to raise your hand and say, you know what, you're right, I'm not there yet, then chances are really, really good you're going to need forgiveness. Who are we kidding? It's probably not in the future. It's probably in the present. Matthew 6, man, what a verse. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. Man, that's heavy. Jesus told a parable about a master who had a servant who owed him 10,000 talents. And if you go back and do the study, I mean, really, it's like he owed him over, just over, according to the word, just over $2 billion dollars. And so when Jesus was telling the story and he used that word, everybody in the crowd would have went, wow, like there's no way humanly possible. And that was Jesus' point. It's hyperbole. I want to make a point that he owed so much there's no way he would ever come close to being able to pay it back. And so the servant begged for mercy and the master showed him mercy and he forgave his debt. It's a sweet story. It's an awesome story. So here's what forgiveness is, in case you've been wondering what forgiveness is. Because I was kind of raised that it's an emotion. It's how you feel. You've got to feel something. It's not. It's an action. Based on the story, forgiveness is when I make a decision to cancel the debt that's owed to me. And let me just say, 
Somebody owes you. That's how you feel. They owe you something. They took something from you. They took respect. They lied. They cheated. They abandoned. You were left hurt, and they owe you. And it's looking at that person saying, I'm not going to hold this against you anymore. Your debt's been paid. Now, forgiveness is not denial. (laughs) Forgiveness is not forgetting. You don't have the ability to forget. Don't pretend like you can. But it's making that decision that I'm not going to hold this against you. I'm going to cancel your debt. So this servant who's been forgiven a debt that he could never, ever, in a million years, ever be able to repay, goes back to his little little village, and there's this man that owed him like a day's worth of wages. At least that's what the commentators say. And the guy said, will you forgive me? And the servant looked at him, and he said, no, ain't happening. Maybe, maybe this guy heard. He said, man, you've been forgiven like $2 billion. I owe you like 10 bucks. Like, this should be easy. And so when he's literally, when he hears those words, he can't believe it. And this guy, literally, this guy had his, him thrown into prison until he or his family could repay this little bit of some money that he owed. And so his, his master heard. Here's what the Bible says in Matthew 18. Then the king called in the man who, had, who had, he had forgiven and said, You evil servant. Are you kidding me? I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he could pay the entire debt. And everybody said, well, that means that's a life sentence. He's never going to be able to pay that debt. It's enormous. It's not possible. And then Jesus said these words that, again, are haunting. He said, that's my heaven, what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Wow. Canceling a debt owed to us by somebody else is a really, really, really super big deal to God. That's the point of the passage. Forgiveness. That's connected to love. That's connected to mercy and grace. It's huge to God. <laughs> There's probably some of us this morning think, man, I, see, I know I should. <clears throat> I just don't know how. I want to close with those of you that know you should, but you don't know how. I just want to close with a couple of thoughts. So I, where do I start? What, what do I do? Here's the first point. Pray. Pray for the person. Now, this is key. Don't pray they get hemorrhoids. That's not the prayer. How many of you read the Old Testament? Boy, there's some nasty stuff in the Old Testament. When I was hurt, when I was going through some pain, I really liked some of the stuff in the Old Testament. I said, God, squash them like a grape. Give them hemorrhoids. And whatever other stuff you want to give them. I don't want you to kill them. I just want you to give them pain that will last for all eternity. You're not proud of me right now, right? Just saying. Here's what Jesus says, Matthew 5. He said, you've heard the law say, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And, And just so you know, that was totally normal for this culture, these people. It was totally normal for the Romans because they literally served the God of revenge. So that was big to the Romans. And, and, then, and then for the Jews, this Jewish audience that would have heard the words of Jesus, 
then, then they would have said it's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. If somebody cuts your arm off, then guess what? You get to cut their arm off. Everybody understood that whole mentality of unforgiveness and revenge. Then Jesus says this. He says, you've heard that. That's normal in our culture. But let me tell you what I'm going to tell you. You've got you to gotta love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And I think this is so important because it's Sunday morning. And, and maybe you're thinking, I don't want to pray for them. I totally get that. But, but literally what I have found in my own personal life is that oftentimes right actions trigger right feelings. I've had, if I've had to learn anything, I'm a touchy-feely person. I am. I am more on the intuitive side. I'm relational. This is where I land. And even in spite of that, what I've learned is that I have to oftentimes do what's right before I feel good about doing what's right. Sometimes those right actions have to come first. You might not want to, but if you start praying, then the right, then the will, the will, the emotions will follow. So the first thing you have to do is pray. But here's the second thing. The second thing is simply this is I gotta learn to forgive as I have been forgiven. Can I just be honest with you? This nails it for me every single time. Every time. No exceptions. i got to be honest. Usually with the Holy Spirit, this is how it works for me. I begin to pray for that person, and then the Holy Spirit will say, well, you, but you did the same thing. And I go, what? And he'll bring it up, and I'll say, God, you know what, you're right. I mean, I've done the same thing. It's different when I was the one who committed that horrible act. It's, it's, I, was, I was legit when I did it. They're not legit when they do it. And, and so then I've, I've learned, you know what, I, I've done the exact same thing. The exact same thing that I'm angry at somebody else for is the exact same thing that I have done to somebody else. And then get this. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but as I'm praying, and maybe sometimes I can puff up with pride and say, you know what, I've never, I've never done that. Then the Holy Spirit will say, you know what, you've never done it, but you've thought about doing it. And Jesus said, you know what, if a man, for a righteous man, if he thinks, thinks it in his heart, he's as guilty as if he had done it. And I go, you've got to be kidding. He said, no. Because I'm not interested. You, you, you people are so caught up about rules and regulations and what you do and don't do, and I'm concerned about the transformation of your heart. There's been times, literally, I've been watching the news. This probably won't be impressive. I probably shouldn't say it, but it's the truth. And maybe I've seen something and I've gone, <gasps> I can't believe and then the Holy Spirit has said, really? Really? You've had some of those same thoughts. And then if that's not enough, you know what the Holy Spirit does to me? He just says, but how many times have you sinned against me? God will say, how many, really, no kidding, how many, how many times have you done to me and maybe worse than you've ever thought or done to someone else? Oh. 
got me. I'm guilty. So what I've learned is I have to forgive the way that God has forgiven me. And you know how God has forgiven me? (laughs) Consistently and completely. And so... He said, I want want you to forgive others as you have been forgiven. And he's forgiven me consistently, and he's forgiven me completely. And so then what I have to do with somebody else is I have to learn how to forgive other people consistently, and I have to learn how to forgive them completely. I have to learn to cancel their debt in the same way that God has canceled mine. And here's what the Bible says. I love this verse. It's so personal for me. Paul speaks these words in Colossians 3, verse 13. He says, bear with each other. There have been people in my past that have hurt me deeply. And they've come to me. They've come to me to apologize. And I didn't always say the nicest things. I'm just, I, I literally looked at one person and I said, you know what? I'll forgive you, but don't expect for you and I to be friends anymore. Skippy. I don't think I'm ever going to trust you again because that ain't happening. But we would bear with each other. We struggled through it. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has agreements against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And some of the, look, some of the very best friends I have in this world right now are people that I've hurt and people that have hurt me that we've just been willing to bear with each other. It's a beautiful, sweet, incredible thing. For those of you right now that would say, you know what, I'm a follower of Jesus. I am. I know I am. But i got to be honest. Forgiveness is tough. And I know I need to, and I've got to start. I've got to start praying. I've got to start applying these principles, and I want to work through it, but I'm not there yet. I just wonder how brave you would be in a place like this on a Sunday morning with every head up and every eye open that you'd be brave enough to slip up your hand and say, man, I need prayer. Anybody? You know what? That's what I love about this church because we're so stink. We can be honest, right? I'm not there yet. I got to work through it. Every head is bed, uh, bowed, and every eye is closed. Father, I want to pray for those of us that would just be honest enough to say that we struggle. Forgiveness. Wow. It's a big old hairy word, Lord. Just the thought of it brings up all kinds of emotions for us. Lord, will you help us? to pray for those, Lord, that have become our enemies. The Lord, we'd have to, we'd learn how to cancel a debt that's owed. We'd learn how to love the way that you love and forgive the way that you forgive, consistently, completely. Truth is, Lord, we can't do it without you. I'm not big enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm, mentally, I don't, I don't have enough. Only with you. Every head still bowed, every eye still closed. For those of you that would say, 
this morning, what I've recognized is that I need forgiveness. And the forgiveness I need is from God. I mean, I realize as you've taught this morning, somehow the Holy Spirit just showed up and said, you know what, that I've sinned against the Holy God, and I'm aware of that. I walked into this place this morning overwhelmed with guilt and shame because of my own sin. Here's the good news. The Bible says that if we confess our sins to God, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sin and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. You just need to know that God sent His Son and His Son who was without sin went to the cross and on the cross what He was willing to do was to pay the ultimate price. He paid our debt, a debt that we could never repay. He paid it. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead, and he's alive. And if you are willing this morning to just say, God, I need forgiveness. And if you're willing to fully surrender your life to him, you can find forgiveness, and you can be set free from the burden and the nastiness of your sin. So if that's you, you're not a follower of Jesus, but you'd like to be, then maybe you pray or some. Pray a prayer silently right there in your seat. Something like this. Maybe you just say, God, I'm a sinner. I know it. I've sinned against you. And it's hard for me to wrap my brain around the God that would love me so much that he would pay my debt. But that's exactly what I believe that you did. On the cross, you shed your blood to pay the penalty for my sin. I'm asking your, for your forgiveness. To the best of my ability right now, I'm surrendering my life fully to you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy and your grace and your patience with me.